Tax Rated Movies. This is a movie podcast by two guys who used to date, and now they don't. I'm Ryan Whedon. I'm Matt Fisher. And today, we have a very special guest. Oh, a very special guest. Returning for, I'm going to go ahead and say it now, a triumphant return. Uh, yes. Travis Vote. Yeah. What is this, the 15th, 20th time I've been on now? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Travis, because Ooh. I have here a scoreboard. <laughs> oh. A scoreboard. Yes, and um, at the moment, you you are in tied for second place. Oh boy! Um, with Darren Dews, Kevin Clark, and Jessica Baxter. But this episode that we're recording right now, Ooh. I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, move you up to the number one <laughs> slot. <laughs> yes, nice guys can finish first. That is the first time I've ever seen my name at number one. <laughs> I want to say it's not a competition, but you're winning. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Travis messaged me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, well, the moment you all feared, <laughs> I'd like to come on your podcast and talk about a movie. <laughs> and I, I messaged uh, uh, Ryan immediately. I was like, all right, the drills that we've been practicing every morning. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Last time I was on, I was like, I want to do the show again. I always like doing the show. And you're like, let me know anytime. I was like, I'm actually going to fucking do it, too. <laughs> you, you made <laughs> These it guys don't know. Are you see the first person to ask to come on this show? I mean, well, other no, we've than, had people ask. That's just true. To but but that we wanted to come back on. <laughs> Shut them down. <laughs> There's been people who have asked from like, oh, sure, yeah, we'll yeah, find something. We'll yeah. get back to you. <laughs> yeah, now this is this is definitely the first time where Travis was like, I want to do this movie. I was like, all right, how about this day? And yeah. Here Perfect. we are. That Perfect. day finally came. And that was last night that we scheduled. It all came together so fast. I demanded it. We have to do it now, I, I think was what I, was what I wrote. I, I, I managed to watch the movie at uh, 2 a.m., which I think was when uh, Matt got the text to me. Yeah. But, um, uh, it was fine. It's None fine. of us have slept. I broke into Scarecrow. <laughs> they were closed at the time. Just left a note with uh, 415 in cash and uh, made my way back home. Yeah. Well, I had to I had to volunteer this movie. I mean, it came up because I was watching it. I think basically while I, I had I had purchased this Blu-ray, and while I was watching, it, I was like, I've gotta I gotta send a message to the <laughs> X-rated movie because I feel like I might have a lot to say about this. I don't know. I might have more to say about this than the people who made it or something like that. <laughs> well, I'm not entirely sure. You have a podcast. Suspense I do. Is killing us. It would and- not fit in there. But you guys um, do put bonus a pin episodes. in it because I beg to differ. Oh, okay. oh yeah, it, it is a, it is thrilling in its in its ways. This movie has, I mean, they should just call it Peril the movie. Oh, it's so scary. Well, I was also gonna say you guys do bonus episodes. What's the rhyme or reason to your bonus episodes? I, yeah, usually there's some sort of connecting thing between the three of us. I don't think this movie means anything to those other guys. Oh, you could, you, you but could like the do... Police Academy movies, or I that's know. a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. it's hard. It's hard to explain, but uh, but I wanted this one to be uh, to be all about me. Okay, wow. okay. okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I just couldn't think of a way to fit it in, and I, maybe I was a little embarrassed to pitch it to those guys. Too. <laughs> no, really. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, uh, should we just say the name of the movie? <laughs> We've been um, all circumspect about it. Like, I think this podcast is all about dancing around. We could tease uh, it. We could tease it more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's. We've, we've tried to not say the title before, so. Um. Uh, okay. Well, let, let's talk uh, abstractly about uh, perhaps the the uh, the creative force behind the movie. Mm. Uh, one Donald Bluth. Oh, heard of him. Don Bluth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your contributions. <laughs> Don Bluth. 
<laughs> Used to be an animator at Disney. Was a little fed up that they were cutting the corners on their old uh, animation mm. budget. Because like the first movie that he worked on was I think Cinderella, which really yeah okay that's going going pretty far back hey live action mice Mm -hmm. or i mean (laughs) that's when i fell in love with mice (laughs) uh yeah i think he worked at that was like his first job animation department in cinderella okay uh or maybe first credited or something okay uh which is an opulent movie animation wise like that that's like it almost broke disney because i guess it was like a box office failure yeah, and like to recover, Disney was like, "Well, we we can't spend the money on animation like we used to, so we're just going to Xerox a bunch of shit and use that as background." And that's what 101 Dalmatians was on, which I, I think it works for 101 Dalmatians. I like the look of that movie, but they just kind of did that for like six or seven more movies. Like yeah. you look at the Robin Hood movie or Sword in the Jungle Stone, Book. Jungle Book. Like, a lot of that has the Xerox background. A lot of it has the same... Animation. Yeah. How many things is Baloo in? <laughs> like, he's in the Jungle Book. He's in the Robin Hood movie. Uh, as Lindy West said, she's pretty sure that he's the 13th Doctor. Uh, <laughs> and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Robin Hood movie. What do you guys think about that? The recycling? No, just the Robin Hood movie in general. The one where there's a fox that's a Robin Hood and a snake wears a shirt or whatever it is. <laughs> He Snake's got a, a shirt, fucking shirt on. That is, that movie is beloved to a lot of people, and we're, guess, hopefully we're going to talk about this at some point. The nexus of like what's good and what's nostalgia, and how much does that do for you? I tried to watch that fucking movie like a year ago, and was like, this sucks. <laughs> it's so boring. I know. And I, like you were saying, the animation is bland as hell. And they recycled like some of like the same like uh, the Arist- dancing. Aristocats mm-hmm. has like some of the same Ugh. like animation for the dancing and song sequences as is it. Robin Hood? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maid Marian and uh, the female cat. It's exact. You can just look up Disney recycled animation and there's YouTube videos about it. That yeah. sucks. And so like... It's Don- supposed to be a dream factory. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I've well, had this dream. I yeah. want to say Disney died around this time. So this, I think this is like when the shareholders took over. And- Thank God he wasn't able to see what happened <laughs> to a studio that he built with his own two hands and exploited labor. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think the racist imagery went down after he died, too, but I know that's not true. <laughs> I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Don but Blues Don was like, no, <laughs> more racist imagery. <laughs> <laughs> but he, wa- he was an animation purist. A lot of people were fleeing around this time. Tim Burton left the studio around that same time, yeah, too. There right. was this real dark period. Per- Burton was, I think, maybe a little bit later, but there was this real... People forget about it now because Disney's absolutely... You know, just owns juggernaut. everything. It's a total yeah. juggernaut. It's just, you, you get the, you feel like Disney's always been like that because I think since we grew up, it was like this huge studio. Right, but like they basically. Little Mermaid came out when I was like four or five. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and they were just nine. back on top. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, but like Disney came out of the gate with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, huge hit, and then One it was just Oscar. bombs, just a string of bombs that we all think of as being these huge classics, which they are, but they were lost a fortune, and it was like one after another. And then, they, like you're saying, they started cutting corners. And then, like, the real doldrums were in, like, the, the late 80. 70s and early 80s. Yeah. And, yeah, you and can like, tell me Oliver and Company is, is anywhere worth watching? Like, Arist- have you seen the Aristocats before? Oh, yeah. so and I bad. love Cats. That movie is so boring. So boring. Black Cauldron. And Black Cauldron not- at least kind of looks good, but it also mm. just, like, makes no sense. It's problematic. 
Is it probably? <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's like there's just there's movie. Like, like it's it sucks. Yeah. So. And the the story you could like write on the back of your hand. Or yeah. Like there's so little yeah. to it. You can't believe it. Like this is this barely qualifies as a movie. It's like a a desktop like. Well, I mean, like that, a, a screensaver or something. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with a lot of those, especially like early Disney movies, that they're just kind of like animals doing cute things for like seventy minutes, and then someone gets shot. Like you watch Bambi, and oh god, nothing happens in Bambi. Until, like, Bambi's mother is shot, and then, I don't know, there's a forest fire, and then the movie's over. Like, it sure looks good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of animal fucking in that, too. Twitter painted, yeah. That's why Bambi's probably in my in my top three favorite uh, old like Disney classics. Oh. Because of all the animal fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they don't show it, but you get it. it on. That skunk, yeah. that little kid skunk that you made, he fucks. I mean, implied <laughs> animal on. fucking is hotter than actual seeing animal fucking, I think. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's just, yes, so little happens. I mean, if you watch Snow White, nothing happens in that movie. Like, yeah, but man. And there's (laughs) the hand drawn animation. Oh, it's the best. Holy shit. And that's what Don Bluth loved. Exactly. And that's why Don Bluth was like working it. He's probably like, this is my dream. I like watched all these movies when I was a kid and they meant so much to me. And then he goes to the studio and it's like, guess what our main thing is? And he's like, dreams? And they're like, no, saving money. Like, oh, oh. And you know, he he pulled away and he pulled away a lot of the Disney animators too. Like this production of the movie that we haven't said yet. Uh, He brought a bunch of them, a bunch of the animators from Disney with him. He was like, you guys... Let's go do this for real. Let's go back and make like good shit. And like he got a lot of people to come on with him. And, and it's a shame to see where his career ended. Like if you watch some of the stuff mm. from the early nineties, like Troll in Central Park mm. or his Thumbelina, those are borderline unwatchable. And the animation is garbage. It's like I'll stand up for like All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah, and Land Before Time is good. Well, the Amblin yeah, the, movies. Was, the, dr- the dream was working for a little while. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, like American Tale was a American huge Tale. hit. Yeah, uh, I mean these, these movies were making money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, uh, American Tale and Land Before Time were both like uh, Steven Spielberg executive sure. produced. Yeah, like, he had to get some some outside money in on there. Yeah, and but I think after that, like yeah, All Dogs Go to Heaven and Pooh. I think that was probably the last one. That might be. Uh, Anastasia, I might. Anastasia's okay. Some... That one, like, he got some outside money for that. Cause, and there's, like, because there's, like, CG in that one, too. That one's okay. That Interesting. One's okay. Shocking that it was a kid's movie in 15 minutes of his devote, devoted to a family being gunned down in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked, isn't it? Well, I mean, and <laughs> it just the, goes on and on. The, Very progressive. <laughs> the uh, uh, voice talent that he got for that, because it was, like, Meg Ryan was Anastasia. Christopher Lloyd was Rasputin. Like, oh, he wow. got... He got big names for... for uh, I have to assume Dom DeLuise is in there somewhere. <laughs> Dom DeLuise was in, like, all of them. Yep. Boy. But this was the first. All right. This is the first time right. Don Bluth was like, get me Dom DeLuise to maybe almost ruin my movie. <laughs> even, oh, though I, even though I like you? it. I like it. It's just... It's crazy, though. He actually wanted... Uh, what is it? Paul Perdoe? The other... Uh... The chef? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he... Like Maybe. kind of a funny chef at the time too. That I don't know because Dom DeLuise also cooked. He had like I don't think he's, he's just fat. He's just fat. I, but I'm sure he loves food. <laughs> if would, he got fat without loving food, then that's an American tragedy. I would watch a Dom DeLuise cooking show, but I'm almost positive Dom DeLuise had like a cooking show or cookbook or something. There is a celebrity chef that does look like Dom DeLuise, and it might be Paul Prudhomme. <laughs> 
Because they have their fat guys, they wore the fat guy hat, and they had beards, beards? and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, okay. But Dom DeLuise just... was just kind of a comic actor and sort of well, like yeah, Burt Reynolds' uh, buddy. I, I like Dom DeLuise, by the way. I think he's funny. It's but... hard not, how could you not like Dom DeLuise? Well, but I, he's, you know. I just kind of, it makes me feel like I'm watching a Mel Brooks movie. Like, <laughs> it's pretty... Are we you, still what, haven't, okay. We still what? haven't said what the movie is. I love <laughs> it. This is great. <laughs> Where do you, wait, okay, uh, are we gonna say it first? Wait, Dom DeLuise was Burt Reynolds' like buddy in real life? Because they're well, both like, yeah, they're in tons of movies together. Yeah, Cannibal Run, and I think they had a similar relationship to the way that they, what they had in movies too, where Dom DeLuise just laughed at everything Burt Reynolds said, and Burt Reynolds would fucking slap him. <laughs> hey, take it and like it, fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Chud. Yeah, hit me all you like. Yeah, Dom DeLuise, love it. it. Takes what I give him. Dom DeLuise is just the the. You know, fish that eats like the parasites around the, the remora. Yeah, the remora. Eel. Or remora yeah. <laughs> Is that right? I think there are probably several kinds of fish like that. <laughs> that hey, that's exactly right. The, the the discarded stuff from the shark. Whatever you say, boss. <laughs> he just slaps him in the face in all these movies. I right. like Jeremy in this movie. I do too. But I could I could see that being a weird uh, thing that people are like, well, who's Dom DeLuise is in this movie well, a lot. I don't know. Like, okay, so this intersection of nostalgia and quality ah. that, we're, yes. that, we're, that we're talking we're, about. We're going to the this end of the, this episode. This is the eternal, the eternal mystery for me. I'm, this is what I I'm fascinated by. I Okay. This movie that we haven't said the name okay. of yet. Who it's watched, a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Who watched this movie as a kid? Uh, I'm raising my hands, hands up. But, hands okay, up. both of you. I didn't see this for the first time until like two years ago. I love it. And usually with almost 100% of these like things in our generation that people latch on to, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Goonies, Monster Squad. Definitely goes in that category. I'm fairly neutral on, like Dark Crystal's cool. I liked a lot of the stuff in that, but like I'm not eager to rewatch it or anything labyrinth i thought flat out sucked but this was the first of like that type of movie that i was like you know what it's good now and i'm actually kind of sad that i missed out on it because this would have this is a hundred percent my jam like as a kid like i actually feel like i missed out on it a little bit oh it's love it so i watched it as a kid several times i think it was on the disney channel which is how i watched it or maybe we rented it I don't know. I saw it a lot as a ironic kid. if it was on the Disney Channel. Like, a, yeah. Actually, I wonder if there was like a big was, like, screaming match between Don Blue. Like, <laughs> I'm not giving it back to you, fuckers. This was my blood, sweat, and tears. I must have just. We must have just rented it's it. It's possible. I, I don't know how that, that shit works. But I watched it a bunch as a kid. Uh, loved it as a kid, and then watched it as an adult not too long ago, maybe like eight years ago, and was like, you know, I don't think this holds up. And then watching it for this, I'm like, no. I'm going to go back around on it because, like, I think it's just not a movie for adults. Like, I realized all my criticisms of it were adult criticisms the second time. Oh. Or this, you know, the other adult time I watched it. And, like, for a kid, you don't care about all the stuff I was, like, criticizing. Because, like, the plot is weird. Like, there's too many characters. Like, it just it just is, like, jumping from thing to thing to thing. It's not really, like... I don't know. I don't feel like it's very plotty. And that's all that's all adult. kids don't care about that shit. They're like, yeah, the owl part. Ooh, the rat part. Like indelible moments. Yeah. And yeah. like this movie delivers on that. Yeah. I don't know if I was just like in the mood for this movie, but like watching it last night, it was like speaking to me. For some reason, the plight 
that like you know oh uh, Madame Brisby has to go through. Uh, <laughs> Can she catch a break? Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Brisby, possibly one of the most heroic characters in the history of film. Oh I wish she had God. a first name. She does not, to the best of our knowledge, have I, a first name. Yeah, she's just known Mrs. as Brisby. Jonathan Brisby's wife. She became wife. a person as soon as she married Jonathan Brisby. <laughs> yeah, I give you my name, Brisby. <laughs> Mouse, Lady Mouse. And that's who you shall be. <laughs> I'm dead. Good luck. Good luck with all of our kids. I guess I'm kids. just your wife from now on. Your widow. I just, I kept envisioning like a live action version of this where it's like Mary Louise Parker or Amy Adams as Mrs. Brisby. Or, uh... What's her name from Terminator Two? <laughs> Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Wow. <laughs> Being married to like the the leader of the resistance, and like she just has like her little cadre of children that she has to look over now. Her John Connors, and I don't know. I, I was just I was here for it. It just kind of it it did speak to me a little bit. I think part of it because there's like a sadness to this movie, like. It starts with Nicodemus what? talking about your husband's dead. Yeah, it, it, like the first, first, first thing. Died. The first line Mrs. is like, Jonathan Brisby is dead. Jonathan Brisby was killed today while helping with the plan. What the fuck? I know exactly what is pro- what your problems are, and yet I'm going to wait for you to come to me. <laughs> going through untold horrors before I get off my ass and do anything. Oh my god. Super weird device. <laughs> But it's like, again, like kids are just like, oh, yeah, he's dead. Whatever. Like, I don't think kids are ups- What's well, I wasn't like, upset by it. Maybe other kids were. I don't know. It reminded me of like, you know, uh, Christmas Carol or something. Because like that book starts out like the uh, that like Marley was dead. Right. And it's like this starts out the same way. It's like we have no idea who Jonathan Brisby is. But he's, yeah. he's, dead. But he's dead. Like, it's going to be a while before we find out, too. Like a surprisingly oh, long for a, short, for a short little movie. It's a good like moral conundrum. Like... You gotta move. Like, that seems like there's no other option. You gotta move. It's moving day. The plow's coming. But, like, her son has pneumonia, and the air will give him a chill, and if you move him, the son will die. But if you keep him there, he'll die. This is exactly what a movie plot should be. Like, you have these two awful choices, and you have to find some alternate to these things. They really put yeah. Miss Brisby through the ringer. Mrs. Brisby. Mrs. Brisby, who is, like, beautifully performed by an actress named Elizabeth Hartman. Uh, Never heard of her. Academy Award nominated uh, in the 60s, um, had a whole career, and this was the last thing that she ever did. Oh, wow. Um, it's not like she died immediately after she just <laughs> she just, she just retired. Um, but it, one of my she favorite... the last line of the movie and just croaked. Yeah. <laughs> wow, thank God we got that line. I know. Wow. That was so close. That was, that was lucky. It's one of my favorite vocal performances of all time because like it puts the character in the right... Because you were, you were saying like uh, Linda Hamilton or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, I mean, I love Linda Hamilton and Sarah Connors and stuff, but this character needs to be scared mm. and Real. mousy. And like she, you can you get the feeling just from the performance alone because you don't re- really see a whole lot of her. You, she is first introduced, kind of like already going about doing her mission, and you just can tell from the performance that this is a mouse. This is a mouse that would like to be in a shelter somewhere, not out doing like yeah. scary stuff. Just wants to be with her kids and is forcing herself, willing herself to do the most terrifying things. Imaginable stuff that still spooks me to this day. Oh. Like the owl scene is so fucking scary. <laughs> we'll get back to the owl scene. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, God. The, the way she screams, <laughs> it happens several times, and it's like it's not like a a loud scream because that's something that would bring attention it's, to yourself. That's right. She's like she's got she's, a demure scream. She's got to be quiet about it because otherwise, you know, 
dragon's gonna come and eat her. So. Oh, so who's a monster? Ugh. She's constantly yeah, she's constantly swallowing her horror. Yeah. Oh. And you pointed and you pointed out accurately that this is a like very kids kids like movie, which is why it really hits this real special sweet spot to me because like the way that the plot is handled, the way that the characters are depicted, is is for kid it's kidsy and and very soft. There's like the only real humor in it. The, to soften it up is is like Dom DeLuise, who's a very broad, just like, I fall down, and I have a funny voice, and that's it. It's just every, folks are nice, or they're scary, a they're one way or another. Too, a little her kids. It's real simple, but then it's also the scariest thing in the entire world, and it's that combination of, like, this simplicity and, and, and childlike innocence, and then just deep horror that I think well, like, really when clicks. A, when you're a kid, like, you feel things deeper. Yes. And so, like, I think... You want them to be deeper, too. So, like, when she's on the plow, like, trying to shut it down, like, that's, to me, still, that's, like, one of the most terrifying moments in the movie because she's, like, she's dangling over those rotors. Like, well, like, even like, after, like, the auntie, like, pulls, like, the, the gas line yeah. and, like, the plow stops, she kind of is, like, you know, Mrs. Brisby, come on. And she's just, like, curled up. Curled up. Shaking. Up, like, yeah. yeah, she's, like, this... this was too much for me yeah she's full body shaking a lot in this movie and we would we all would be yeah <laughs> it's so scary i guess maybe like some kids can't handle that i don't know like are we just tougher i <laughs> couldn't have i i, I, I saw this have... movie the first time probably in the theater I, I saw it in the theater and i vaguely remember oh, wow. this i would have been four uh when it came out in 1982 should we say the title of it now <laughs> <laughs> oh we're talking about the secret of Noom. secret of Noom. <laughs> everyone Wow. The greatest movie That's ever the made. Latest. Longest withholding we've ever said. <laughs> That's the ha- longest we've ever done. This is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> uh, but no, it, but it, like, it's just a very, very special to me. And I don't. And I'm glad that, to hear that you guys liked it, especially you that you hadn't seen it t- until like two years ago. Because I've always wondered about this one. I don't feel like I'm very precious about movies from my childhood. I know a lot of people that are, like if, if it's like, you know, Spaceballs. Or oh, the last Starfighter. Gets worse on every watch. Where, but I, but I'll talk to people sometimes, and they'll be like, "Oh, don't tell me it's bad. I don't want to know. I just want to keep that like the my memory of it in my head." And I'm like, "I don't I don't give a shit about that." Yeah. And I'll watch a movie that I liked when I, when I was a kid and go, "Oh, this movie sucks now. Mm-hmm. Great. Now I I don't care. There's movies I like. I, I'm not precious about it, but I I like the, love this movie so much, and it's tied up in very specific feelings. And I do think it's objectively good in some ways. It's a great looking movie, but it gives me deep like back-of-brain feelings that I think originated from probably the first time I saw it in the theater, whereas I don't specifically remember watching it, but I remember feeling it, if that makes any sense, how the voices felt washing over me. You know, when you're saying that, like, I have deep feelings for it, too, because, like, I remember my first time watching it was on my parents' TV, Mm. and, like, they had a... It was a small screen, smaller than my computer screen right now. Like We lived in hell back in those days. And we watched it during the day, even. Like, it wasn't even dark out, but, like, the impression it left on me is very strong. My first impression is, like, there was a poster of this movie up in, like, the school library, and I remember, like, the older kids in my class were talking about it, and they really liked it. So it's, like... It was like a cartoon, but it was like a cartoon for like the older kids. Like it, it wasn't meant for for young kids like me. It's a little scarier. Yeah, well, because I mean, just from the poster, like they, you know, or the poster that was like in the library was like, you know, it had like the great owl on it, and like that Ugh. looked scarier than things that I typically saw in cartoons, you know. And so I don't know. It 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 sort of existed in like a rarefied space. That's so like I hadn't seen it. 
even though I was, you know, big into other Don Bluth stuff, you know, uh, uh, American Tale and Land Before Time were, were both like mainstays in my VCR. There was something about like Secret and Nim that it just it kind of seemed a little like outside my reach a little bit as yeah. a kid. I just I, mean, I want to go back to like the feeling that you're talking about because like most of the things I read about it now people talk about like that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid Mm -hmm. so like what is it about us that like even though I may have felt like fear while watching it like afterwards it didn't leave this impression on me of like I never want to see that again that was too scary like for me it was like that was intense and I want to watch it again yeah like what's what's that divide I think for me it was it was I don't, I'm absolutely using the wrong term for it here, but like I saw it so young at four that it was almost like grandfathered into my like brain because I was actually a super scared kid. I was scared of fucking everything that I saw. My parents wouldn't let <laughs> oh. me watch anything but Mr. Wizard until I was like eight years old. And sometimes that would scare me. Like, we're going to do an experiment with sulfur. Ah, oh, hey, no. That's the thing. I watched Ghostbusters and that scared the shit out of me. Oh scared the shit i mean my parents have these terrible like horror stories because like i would go running screaming out the room and it would be like granted raiders of the lost ark is scary as hell but like it fucking warped me yeah Yeah. it scared me so much but why is curdling terror what's why is this one unaffecting to us like you know like because i i admit it's intense i have an emotional memory of it but it was a good feeling like, yeah, it is scary, and I, and I always thought it was scary, but it, it's not a scary run, not a run out of the room scary. It's like I want to go on that ride again. Is it because is is it as, as simple as that? Mrs. Brisby is there, and she's as scared as you are, and she's being brave, maybe, and she's guiding you through it. Maybe we're just maybe. more empathetic. Because well, I, I think it's because like she's as scared as we are that like maybe we feel that we can be as brave as she is. Yeah, because like, ultimately, yeah, she comes out on top right like she has to summon the courage she's not naturally this brave and she, like she just has to be oh, yeah the shit she goes through <laughs> she she conquers her fear of flying she conquers her fear of being eaten she yeah, dumb con- blue doesn't like cats like i remember in american tale there's like the cossack cats That's right they're the bad guys no. yeah dumb deluise is the voice of that like goofy cat the cool cat there's the a cool nice cat. one but yeah. yeah it's like when they're still in russia it's these like Cossack cats that are like chasing them out. Like, when they get to America, they're bad. The cats are bad guys too. I know. Yeah, and like the cat design in this, I'm like, yeah, that's an evil cat. Like, it doesn't even sound like a cat. It, in the gra- it makes a mon- It makes monster noises. It's monster noises. <laughs> it would make sense for it to sound like a lion or something. Yeah. It's more like a T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I was, it's hysterical, I and it's like that. snarls. And presumably, it's it sounds like, like a werewolf. Yeah, it, it, presumably, it's like the 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 pet of like the family that lives on the farm. But it's like it's got like missing teeth, and its eyes are weird, and it's just and it's huge. It looks it's like this the like, size of a pig, <laughs> of like a farm pig, and it's like this vicious feral cat. There's this scene where like the lady walks up to it because you've seen it yeah. in comparison with the 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 mice and stuff, and you're like sure, but then the lady walks up to. And it's a bit, from what I can gather, unless she's a tiny, tiny, <laughs> tiny lady, the cat, while it, when it's laying down, is a solid three feet high. Seriously. It's just huge. <laughs> 
Nim like is coming for the rats, and it's like, come check out this cat. <laughs> this thing is some sort of freakish mutant. You can make super soldiers out of that fucking guy too. <laughs> Crazy. Just one of the many, many, many things that are scary. Like every, it's the. I guess oh. the whole story is her going through some weird heart of darkness and of terror to like save her child. Yeah, I mean it's a mission. I, I, I will real quick. The voice talent for the children. We have Will Wheaton. <gasps> yeah. And uh, Shannon Doherty. And Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty. <laughs> oh, Auntie Shrew. Oh, Auntie. Oh, no. I never knew that That's until just... this watch through. I mean, they were obviously nobodies at the time. It's just odd that like they both went on to be, like, I don't know the name of the actress who played Mrs. Brisby, but I know the names of the yeah. actress who played the kids. Yeah, that's crazy. While we're talking about people who were voice talents in this, Edie McClurig voices someone, and I couldn't tell you who that character is. I think it's the mom. The the Fitzgibbons the Fitzsimmons oh. Fitzgibbons farm the mom who's like I've never seen a cat that's so so tight sleepy because the you rats think? are drugging him I'm pretty sure okay there's just not not a whole lot of uh, female characters in this yeah but it's uh, like Miss Brisby Auntie Shrew yeah it's, and it wasn't oh, Auntie Shrew and you gotta love like this just and th- oh, this is I a thing a that I picked roller up. Roller coaster with Auntie Shrew exactly <laughs> and this is a thing that I picked up watching it this time because. I just bought it on Blu-ray about well, pretty much the day that I, the day that I contacted you guys was when I was watching it, and it's How does like it look on Blu-ray by the way. Oh, it looks, it looks, it looks good. great, and it, and also it's like not the best print in the world, and they didn't do a cleanup, so it kind of just looks like I think maybe how I remember seeing oh, theater nice. or something. It's still got little pops of gr- and grains and stuff. Oh, in it. cool! It's it's that's the way you want to see it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I want to see this movie like clean and crisp. It's perfect. I rented the Blu-ray from Scarecrow, and I just, I don't know, watching it at home, I was just like, I can't even imagine, like, being a kid watching this in theaters. Like, especially, like, when the Great Owl, or, like, right before you see the Great Owl, and, like, that spider's coming out. Oh, God. That was the only part that really scared me this time through. The design of that spider. spider huge. <laughs> yeah, the spider was huge, and then, like, it's immediately just crushed into, like, goo by the Great Owl. Voiced by Robert Carradine. Just Robert Carradine. choice voice acting there. Come inside or go away. I saw a fun fact about uh, Robert Carradine and his recording for this. Yeah. He was riddled with arthritis at the time, so he was on muscle relaxers and may or may not have had a alcoholic drink at lunch. <laughs> so they uh, he did one take for every line. Yeah. I think, well, he nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I think that is no, a guy that, no that complaints. No complaints. historically had an alcoholic drink with every uh, yeah. hour of his life. Yeah. <laughs> God, he's so, he's so good. Yeah. Move yeah. your house to the leave the stone. <laughs> oh, it's perfect, man. And that owl is basically just God, too. Because God's the most terrifying thing webs. in the world, and he can kill you at any moment, but he also is helping if he decides to that he wants and to help. How stuff. About, scary like, would that be, though, to have to go to something that, like, Eats she says it several times that like owls eat mice. Owls eat mice. Owls eat mice. I'm not sure that there's a, an equivalent level of a thing that a human can do that is as terrifying as that. <laughs> talk because there's not really a thing that hunts that like kills humans like yeah. an animal like a shark might but we can pretty much avoid that yeah like, it's like going to go talk to the predator yeah i'm gonna say the predator <laughs> that doesn't even exist i know I, we have to go to the predator and ask for advice <laughs> oh hey predator <laughs> <laughs> yeah what the hell are you? i'm a guy who has a question for you predator please <laughs> my ch- 
child has cancer. Uh, <laughs> and the predator helps. What was the name of your husband? And what's your name? Uh, well, my husband's name. I don't actually have a name. I got a name when I married my husband. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. My husband. Mrs. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Oh, that name carries some currency in these jungles here. (laughs) In this jungle. It carries some weight with the Brazilian gorillas. (laughs) The demon who makes trophies of men. (laughs) Well, like the predator, when she goes to ask the great out, there's like bones dropping around her. Oh like, my god. My, probably, ask, my, probably mouse probably bones, mouse too. Bones. They're very small bones. Yeah. How fucked up is that? Yeah. Like, you're trying to ask advice while the remnants of probably, like, your friends or, 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 or something are falling oh. around you. Oh, god. Amazing. It's just, I don't know, the design of the owl, because, like, the, you know, the glowing eyes, there's no pupils. It gives it this inhuman look to it like you can't get a read on it. it i don't know and it has like the long mustache sort of deal going on i don't know the the great owl just the glowing eyes thing like the owl has it uh, nicodemus has it it's good too uh oh sorry well but but I'll, like just like the glowing effect that they use and they use it on the titles uh-huh. too which like boy i was wondering i, about I, the I, titles. I about have a <laughs> those titles are so fucking cool yeah. whatever they happen i just go oh but it's <laughs> it like, a, like the thing yeah, it kind of yeah, looks like the thing, yeah. but it's like this kind of legitimate brightness. And they—I don't know—I don't know the term for it, but I was reading about it, and they use this like fairly expensive, like newfangled technique to like get this sort of glow effect. And this—and there's like a bunch of shit that they did in this that Don Bluth did in this movie that like Disney wouldn't have sprung for. So this basically looked way better than a Disney movie would have at the time. Oh my god! Oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it looks great now. And it's all kinds of techniques that they don't use anymore. Obviously, they they don't do this kind of animation at all. Wait, Anyways, I mean, not to digress, but like. I was kind of thinking, like, maybe we're just not in tune with it, maybe we're too old for it, but it's like, it's not like Pixar's making movies about, like, these weird, dark things, you know? Like, like, are people making children's material or children's media that's dark like this anymore? Pixar, like, Pixar does. Coraline might be the last thing I can think of. Yeah, Coraline, yeah, Coraline, Coraline a pretty would be a good one. Shit. But even that was, like, 2007. I guess Laika in general, because, like, Kubo and the Two Strings was pretty dark. Was it? Okay, I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. But Pixar will get, like, sad. We'll get, Pixar like, shockingly get sad. sad. Yeah. But, but it's, like, like th- but not this kind of what's crazy the, blood-curdling terror. What's the Yeah, what's the Pixar equivalent of the Great Owl? Like, maybe God. some of the stuff in, like, Sid's room and Toy Story, but I feel like this has, like, a, yeah. a stranger, yeah. like, a, a weight to it that those little creatures don't, because they end up being good in that, and it kind of alleviates the whole thing. Like... You know, yeah, the great owl doesn't eat Mrs. Brisby, but like it's not necessarily he like a hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, it's it just the choice like, that he made in that moment. Yeah, and he he flies off saying, "I'm gonna go eat now," mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, he's gonna go eat mice." Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. just not Miss Mrs. Brisby. He's God, and he's like, <laughs> he's basically God to her. He can take her. He could kill her. He could let her live. He could help her. He could kill. It's like <sighs> it's all up to. Oh his. my God, she faces her God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he's like, and Mrs. Brisby. I love this depiction of owls too, because it obviously wasn't uncommon for owls to be like the smartest, 
yeah. person in the forest or wise. They knew how That's many the licks it took. But to make, but to make him both like the most, the wise person and also the scariest yeah. at the same time. Yeah. He's so old and scary and huge. Yeah, I'm just thinking about watching this in the movie theater. Like, how big do the great owl look? Oh my god, I would love to see this in the theater. Yeah, oh, and shit. just on that note, like he also has no. I'm just realizing this. Like his regard for life is kind of flippant because he kills that spider he doesn't even oh, apologize yeah. or like I doesn't think, think he twice about that. it nah. he doesn't even eat that he yeah. just like kill that <laughs> oh my god that's so crazy like the power he has and then he and then he spares her and he eats a moth like that right. yeah that flops up and just and she's like oh god <laughs> wow oh i, I haven't i just have never thought about like that they show because she talks about how he could eat me or not but they show like his disregard for life or like everything they show that they give you that's all i'm saying yeah it's sorry right. i'm, just, it's I'm just, having a realization here he's like a, just a, on a different plane it's not so much because he, he'll help a person or a, a, a mouse if she's got the connections yeah <laughs> yes but yeah. She uh married right he seems like he's he's got he's like oh jonathan i like that guy so he's not like completely checked out or anything but it's just he's a freaking owl he's an apex predator he's he's wow. operating on a different level yeah. like yeah, he respects the rats of Nim because they're uh, also because they're super smart, and in this in the case of this movie, magic. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, they don't explain that. That was another okay. So that was another thing on my adult watch that I was like, okay, movie, like you're trying to have it both ways here, like in a movie that already has talking mice. I'm like, now nah, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, but like this time around, I'm like, oh, 100. percent Like, who cares? Yeah, well, it does like, that yeah. kind of Star Wars thing where it's like there is science fiction in it, but there's also like magic or religion in it too. And I don't know. I felt like it, it married the two really well. Yeah. Like as I'm, a kid, you're just like you're on board. Nicodemus, he looks like he's magic. He should be doing magic. 100%. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah, there's no explanation given. I mean, because he, he they tell the story of the of Nim, and it's like oh, let me tell you the story of Nim. We were they made us smart and we could read. <laughs> and then we got out of machine. there. And so she's like, well, so what? About, what's the deal with the magic then? <laughs> Uh, I guess you have to assume that we got so smart that then we also can do math. You know, they're pretty smart. Pretty smart. Uh, I will say the only the only thing that really disturbed me on this watch was when uh, they're in the flashback when they're escaping, and he's like, "And in the quiet of the night, we escaped through the ventilation system. The mice were blown away." down dark air shafts to their deaths. I don't know. Showing the mice, like, getting blown away. To their deaths. What a body count this movie has. That's... Oh, three that rats a, die in the final battle at the end. I know. And you see that their, like, bloody so wounds. I know. Yeah, there's blood <laughs> in they, this. Well, they got swords and knives oh, and shit. This movie's crazy. Well, because Mrs. Brisby, like, gets cut, like, when she's trying to escape that cage. Right. Like, she gets cut on her wrist, and then she puts it in water. I'm like, is she committing suicide? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that scene is awesome. Oh, yeah. Where she figures out how to get the little, the little water... The uh, tray, tray. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was the thing I'd entirely forgotten about when I watched it again uh, when I bought the Blu-ray and was just like, yee, <laughs> just so delighted. Oh, and it looks great, like the water. And then she grabs that string and like uses it to rappel down, like she's Tom yeah. Cruise yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Fucking rad. This is Mission Impossible Seven. Brian I've... Palma owes royalties. To Don Bluth. <laughs> I was kind of hoping one of the mice's 
or mices. One of the mice were was going to be named like Algernon. Is that flowers for Algernon? Because yeah, uh-huh. like, isn't that about like imbuing uh, like mice or simple people with intelligence? Yeah, oh, uh, that'd be fun. Yeah. But how much? But then, but then it begs the question of, of like how much intelligence needed to be imbued into the mice. This 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 is one of the, obviously the kind of thing that you don't want to overthink too much. It is a no, that's kids what this podcast is for. <laughs> <laughs> but like the but she's. <laughs> So like the the mice get the, the or like the, the Jonathan Brisby, Mister Ages, the two mi- mice that survived, and then the twenty rats of Nim, uh, they all get out of there. But they had the injections yeah. uh, from Nim, the National Institute of Medical Health, that was torturing the rats and studying them, and uh, and so they got out of there. They're super smart now. And then at a certain point, uh, Mrs. Brisby's like, "Yeah, my husband taught me how to read. <laughs> right. uh, I'm not as good as him, but she can read." <laughs> Yeah, she didn't have fine. no injections or nothing. <laughs> I can read a little. Jonathan taught me. <laughs> Maybe all the rats just learned by osmosis. Like yeah, the be... scientists were just saying all the signs in the office, and they picked up on what well, the characters he, he mean. Put the, his seed carried his intelligence, or something like that. <laughs> Every time I had a child with him, I got smarter and smarter. I was thinking, like, their technology isn't that much more advanced than what like Mrs. Brisby has in her home. I mean. Auntie yeah, Shrew already... is wearing clothes so they can yeah. make cloth. Yeah. Um, she's Shrew got, like, didn't a have the injections. Teapot. Yeah. Like they can. They have <laughs> freaking teapot. There's medical like... advances. Like Mr. Aegis has like a cure for but pneumonia. But he's a genius. But yeah, he's he, one of the smart he's ones. One of the smart he is ones. one of the smart yeah. ones. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But like. But I mean, I the know. owl doesn't have an injection or anything like that. <laughs> he's just he's just wise. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get injected? Why does he have eyes? Whatever. I just I just felt like. It felt like a classist thing, I guess. It's like <laughs> almost in a way where it's like, oh, those lower people. But it's like, I don't know. I think that's they seem like they're doing just fine. That, <laughs> <laughs> She's got a shawl. Yeah. Everyone's got shawls. <laughs> Are you saying that this is a metaphor for uh, uh, the vaccination? Like, Ooh, uh, <laughs> timely. <laughs> <laughs> but also like be, even, even like beyond magic, like the technology that uh, Nicodemus has at his fingertips. And, and again, Overthinking, obviously, but I was really cracking up this time where Nicodemus, he, he has this little screen. He's like, welcome, Mrs. Brisby. Your, your husband was a big wheel around here. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God. Oh, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and he brings her in there, and he's got this. You've seen him looking on this screen before where he's like, yes, and he sees the things that are happening in the present. Right. You're like, sure. <laughs> And then, he, and then the, the thing like spins around and and creates like this glowing light, and then you can see images. And he's like, "Now let me tell you the story." And then he shows her what happened, so he can look into the past. It's a flashback. Uh, holy machine. shit! And that is like a drone. Incredible. He's, she's like seeing footage of her husband escaping from Nim. Like so, is that a is that like a recreation somehow, or are they looking into the past? <laughs> Obviously, we're, who cares? Did he make that with a with, with CG technology? Yeah, like, this isn't. You must keep in mind, Mrs. Brisby. This is a computer <laughs> this is, recreation. This is a reenactment. We obviously can't look into the past. Have you ever seen current affairs? I mean, that's just simply not possible, and I'm magical. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. We've hired actors to recreate your husband. <laughs> that's not actually as you can as you well know, that's not your husband. That's a more attractive version of your husband. <laughs> your husband was as ugly as a pile of dog shit. For a movie that's also kind of like not weird at all, it's weird as hell. Like I no, mean this, yeah, the story isn't well. that weird. It's very conventional. I heard, but it's I, the little details. I read yeah. that like, yeah, that Don Bluth added all the magic stuff just to make it more cinematic. Like it's not in the book proper. Sure like isn't this magic stuff. Speaking I'm of which, for it. 
Yeah. You got, got a copy? I got a, a copy of that baby right here. Really? Hey. Because this book was also very important to me when I was when I was a kid. You really? Oh. Oh, I read the book over and over again. Okay. I really? read the, I read its two sequels that were written by uh, Robert C. O'Brien's daughter that focused on a character named Raxo that oh. he invented. That looks like a, a Newbery Award winner. It was a Newbery Award winner, of okay. course. Okay. It's huge. This is one of my favorite, uh, and and then I, I also came to realize recently this is probably all stuff that happened in the pandemic, and that might might be part of like my little pandemic breakdown sort of oh, thing. Ryan and I have talked a lot about how like we've kind of gone back to especially fantastical movies, but like fantastical oh. movies like from like our childhood or our youth. Like we really gravitated towards during the quarantine. We wanted comfort food, and we w- didn't want anything that resembled like real life. Real life, like not even yeah. like quarantine real life, but just we didn't want anything that that wasn't like crazy fantastical. Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. Just, we really wanted to Get escape this stuff, and this is and this has got it all. Uh, and 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 the secret of Nam, of course, the movie. Uh, How do you feel the book and the and the movie, like dif- the differences. How does that? Uh... The book, the book is uh, quote unquote more realistic. Like you said, Bluth added the magic. They're just like scientist rats in the oh. book, and there's more of them. There's like more diverse cast of characters. There's a female rat, and uh, all that sort of stuff. And I would have you, you liked get a... that, by the way. What's that? I would have liked that in the movie. A the female way. rat. Oh sure. I was curious. I was like, little... How do they propagate? A little in their little rat parliament yeah. over there. Yeah, they, all that all that stuff's kind of like different. He made all the rats a little bit more sinister, and their layer like their layer is like almost sci-fi. It's got elements of like H.R. Giger in it and shit like oh. that. It's super crazy. It also kind of reminds me. Have you ever seen Star Trek: The Motion Picture? Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. you know Viger when they just sort of go into Viger yeah. and it's just like a bunch of crazy crap, and it all kind of looks different, and then you just keep going deeper, and, and there's different crap. Yeah, they kind which of I love. in the movie a little bit. There's like she gets through the brambles that are alive, and then it's like suddenly sunny in yeah. there she just keeps going deeper and deeper into this layer and every part of it looks different and, and that, like that kind of inexplicably designed by trumbull or whatever the guy's name yeah, is yeah trumbo i think <laughs> i don't know trumbo mank did it <laughs> <laughs> it was mank yeah who's the guy i can't uh, remember i, I want to say his last name is trumbull who did uh 2001 the 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 last sequence in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know his name. Uh, and then what he did? What Silent Running? Did he? Yeah, he, he was direct- the he was the big uh, special effects. Uh, yeah, but he also directed that movie that had Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood in it. Oh, Brain. Oh yeah, Brain Storm. Brain Storm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can Ridiculous. I circle back to Star Trek for a minute? Please. I have two ways I can go with this. Number one, I just want to say this movie came out the same weekend as Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Oh, that, that, it was that year. It was also, the big year. Yeah. E.T. came out this weekend. Poltergeist. Like, yeah. crazy weekend. Same year, The Thing, The Road Warrior. All of them. <laughs> wow. Possibly the greatest year in, in 82. Film. Yeah, pretty good year. Amazing. Damn. Um, but the composer of the music for this movie. Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith. I had no idea. Has he done everything? Huge. Is my question. But, uh, Huge. Mean, what the fuck? Because yeah, he did Willie, Star Trek too, right? He did. He did the the star, the first Star Trek movie. He made the theme for Next Generation, Alien, Alien, Gremlins. Yeah, um, he's one of the big ones. He's just, one of the big guys. Uh, like Total Recall would be my favorite of his, mm, mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. than Secret of Nim. And then the the song, the lullaby song, 
Lyrics by Paul Williams. Oh my god, that song kind of sucked. Shut so I'm your sorry. mouth, Matt <laughs> Fisher. <laughs> I loved it. Not when Paul Williams sang it, but when the, the lady oh, sang it. There's a lady singing it. It's the... great. Dream by night, blah blah blah. <laughs> but it, it really fits. The, it really fits the like what we were talking about. How, how much of a kids movie it is. It's very like yeah. lullaby like. Uh, which also like you, I think you hear that song during a scene where Mrs. Brisby is preparing her like that that tonic for yeah. little Timmy, and uh, and it's just like the little kids are sort of like watching it happen with their innocent faces, and you're like, man, I love this because I know that there's gonna be some nightmare happening <laughs> like in the next scene. It's crazy. There's a full on like POV shot of her like feeding him soup. Yeah, like you're yeah. from Timmy's point, and I'm like, As I'm a kid watching this movie. Seeing, you know, my mom when I'm sick feeding me soup mm. and some lullaby is playing. I'm sorry, but my uh, amygdala has branded that as like this is good and important. Like, during that scene, it's funny. It was like over the end credits. It was like this song sucks. E- yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's Paul Williams. It is Paul, Paul Williams, Williams yeah, singing. It singing Williams. <laughs> it's very of its time. Like, there's some chord changes in there that sound very late 70s, early 80s to me. That AM radio. I mean... But I'm a kind of into it. I don't know. It's like, it was touching. I liked it. I got I got emotional. I get, emo- I get emotional, like, basically the entire... Watching this movie the entire way through. <laughs> okay. I mean, this, like I said, I, re- I read the books after this. There was a... I had the lunchbox. <gasps> what did this, it this look like? This, well, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> 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 it had all the characters on it and stuff, and it said Sigrid and him, and I would just stare at it. I was obsessed with this movie and still am. Do they still was make it a- lunch boxes? Oh, probably for people our age, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> was it a plastic one with a sticker, or was it like the, the plastic metal sticker, one? baby? You yeah. better believe it. Oh, yeah. Oh. I could I use loved a lunchbox. It. Yeah, and then I, I think at a certain point, like some of the some of the sticker got like torn off of it because I fell carrying it or something like that, and then I was like devastated. And I don't think away. those were made with like the highest caliber stickers. Oh no! <laughs> like I don't know. I seem to remember like my mom like threw like my Ninja Turtle one in the dishwasher or something, and that just ruined the sticker or something. Oh, I had a Mad Balls one. Mad Perfect. Balls. Perfect. Yeah. Phenomenal. You're not into Mad Balls? I don't know what Mad Balls are. Hmm. Hard to explain, but also not that hard. Foam foam balls Just with physical. like ugly, gross, like like garbage pail kids, but in foam ball form. There that you go. Not hard to explain familiar. at all. <laughs> that sounds familiar, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was part of a classic gross-out kid culture at the time. God, the eighties were fucking awesome, weren't the they? The eighties were awesome. I think so they might have they might have been objectively awesome. I mean, sometimes I just like I really think about so all R-rated I... movies that they turn into Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, oh. Yeah, Toxic Avenger, RoboCop. There's a Police Academy. They were really figuring out how to make sort of like kids movies and genre movies, and giving them lots of like big budgets and. Like directors who were interested in the material were doing them, yeah. Because it was usually just like journeymen who would do that sort of shit in the seventies and sixties, and now it's yeah. like Spielberg's gonna direct a fucking kids Cameron. movie. Cameron, yeah. yeah, just like real. This is the people who knew what they were doing, who were like inspired artists, like Don Bluth. Yeah, like the real yeah. the real deal is making a little kids movie that's scary as shit. Like this is a fucking cool movie to have as a kids movie. Oh, like, yeah, growing up in the eighties was kind of awesome. I don't know. People say it all the time, but I don't know. You go back and watch something like this, and I feel it. You know, like yeah, this, I'm so glad this was part of my childhood. Well, I, I I don't remember which movie we were talking about, but you pointed out that it was like it kind of feels like after Star Wars, there kind of was this awakening that like 
kids are like a driving market force. Uh, oh, the Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Episode, yeah. uh, was it Gremlins? Yeah. Okay, so it's like the '80s was sort of the, just this like awakening that like you could if you made a kids movie that adults could sit through then like you were suddenly striking gold that it's like kids movies from like the 70s and the 60s like you know you watch swiss family robinson like that's aimed at kids like adults aren't really like let's watch that movie but something (laughs) happened in the 80s where they're like we need to like kind of make this all encompassing like the parents have to happily sip through this one too and like that's where the money is mm-hmm. because yeah there's just a bunch of kids movies in the 80s that still have like a level of appeal for adults like would adults see it independently of children like maybe not but yeah we have like auteurs like suddenly like spielberg's making these like family movies we're trying to capture like wonder because like kids love wonder yeah and so like and this does a good job of making you feel like you're just like looking at like a small part of a big world like they're yeah like they're all on the farm it's all you don't see that you don't see that shot of kind of like where everything's in relationship to each other on the farm until kind of towards the end yeah you're like oh shit it's all just a little farm yeah like all these crazy absurd yeah you've you've seen so many like these magical worlds and these horrors and it's all just like this like nine acre farm or something like yeah amazing and I, and like like we were saying as like as far as the '80s movies and how things have, how things have changed. This is also bef- before like they went they committed too hard to making these movies for adults. Like your Shreks, where they're like, we gotta get oh. fart jokes and dick jokes yeah. in there for the, the parents will get it. <laughs> the parents will like look at each other and go, Haha, I got that one, and the kids won't because they'll be looking at the colors and like mm-hmm. all this bullshit. Yeah, it's still like deeply sincere. This is dark and scary, but it like captures my imagination and i've seen animated movies from around this time that scarred me like wizards which is for adults or yeah. like rated Uni- pg for some reason there's a unico is it really yeah oh no, the the last unicorn or no the it's unico and the island of puppets or something like that Ooh, like, i haven't seen that I have one no idea what that is oh i watched it today because i was like is that as scary as i remember and it's there's this fucking dragon in it that <laughs> It's like a toy dragon, but it's huge and it moves really fast. And it's voiced by what sounds like Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh no! What is it? I don't know, and I don't want to find out. I think I saw fire. It's giving me shivers thinking about it right now. And I think that movie was '83, so it's like I have things from this time that like make me scared and give me and scarred me. But this movie didn't. I don't. I, like. I feel like there's a heart to this movie mm-hmm. too. Like, I, I think the point you were talking about with like you feel for Miss Brisby, Mrs. Brisby, and and the end when she finally like gets the courage to grab the amulet and like move the house. It reminds me of, like when Luke Skywalker was able to like lift, like or or. I guess he didn't. Yoda lifted the X-Wing out of that swamp. <laughs> he couldn't believe it, though. Yeah. And that's why he failed. But she's uh, so small, and she's so small through the whole movie, and she still is, like, just a tiny little mouse, but she's able to lift a fucking cinder block with her courage. That was the thing that always fascinated me, that scene, and I love it. And, it, it, it like, I was talking about how it gives me this, like, like, like deep in the medulla oblongata or something feeling uh, that I can't even really explain. And this is, and it's like how it made me feel at the time when I was a little kid watching it. And I don't know why, it just makes me feel weird and it makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Yeah. Especially during that scene. And especially after she's moved the cinder block over to where it's supposed to go and she passes out. And takes a nap. Yeah. yeah. And everyone just sort of staring at her. I don't know. I don't know how to, it's like a real, 
it's like okay you know we talk about the dream factory movies being the dream factory like some dreams don't make sense but they hit you so hard that you still wake up feeling like whoa yes and that's what this is like i don't feel scared but like scary things happened in the dream i guess yeah this movie is so entangled with like an old part of my memory uh, and a and a part and me when I was four and six or whatever I was when I was watching this in the theater and on on the video that it feels like a dream. Yeah, it has like dream type feelings that I can't separate that are like messy and don't make any sense, but still feel very specific. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if like kids today because I I remember you know people of our generation you know like the first generation of kids to have like a VCR we'll say oh. like we used to just watch the same 10 movies 20 movies on repeat like mm-hmm. we would just every day after school every weekend just the same movie and I wonder if like kids today do that like are they are, are they gonna have like the same memories of like Coraline just being on repeat on TV with so many options to watch yeah with so many like that the streaming like you know, Netflix has a kids option where you can just scroll around and like keep finding kids stuff. Like we were limited, but like we didn't feel limited. We just watched the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that like left an impression on in you know in us about these movies from our our youth. Oh, for sure. the The only thing actually now that you bring that up that is comparable to this movie for me it's actually a very similar thing, and I hadn't thought about it until now. Because it was a like my family had the Betamax first, oh. Betamax versus VHS. Remember this mm-hmm. shit? Uh huh. So we had Betamax first. We chose poorly, and so like <laughs> almost instantly, it was like there was only one store in town that we could get rentals from. The Beta Barn. The Beta Barn. I think it was like it was like a Beta Betamax rental place slash like scuba gear place. It was like, <laughs> it was like two two kinds of stores in one that weren't enough Odd, to okay. like have keep a store in business. So you had to double up. And so it was like this one corner of it where you could rent Betamax stuff, and and I rented a number of times this movie called Warriors of the Wind, uh, and this movie was burrowed into my psyche, and I thought for years and years and years that these that these were dreams that I had because I'd been, been watching it. When I was like five, four, five, six, something like that. It's this weird like sci-fi movie that wasn't for kids. There was like blood in it and, and scariness, like lots of scary shit. And really uh, until and and I just thought this was all just stuff that maybe I had dreamed. I really didn't think about it much, but the images were in my head until I walked past Scarecrow, probably like I don't know, two thousand five or something. Okay. And they had <laughs> they had all this promotional stuff on the front of their windows for a little movie called Nausicaa. Oh, yeah. Valley of the Wind, a Hayao Miyazaki oh, movie. Is that what it is? That's what they called it when they released it in America. Oh my god! And they overdubbed it, of course. So I saw this dubbed version, and, and like uh, Nausicaa is like, "Hi, I'm Nausicaa. <laughs> I'm some. I'm like a full grown woman." <laughs> that's and, my favorite Miyazaki. Yeah, that's my favorite is uh, my favorite Miyazaki. And again, is that because <laughs> this was a thing that I saw when I was a kid? It's I, part of the reason I love it is because I, I watched it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, and it was violent. And weird very, and scary. Very yeah. weird. And I was just like, oh. Big and bugs I, in that movie, too. Huge yeah. bugs, yes. And some of them are good. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's right there. And that is also a movie that I love in ways that I couldn't even fully okay, articulate. Okay, question then. Did you watch that before or after Secret of Nim? Do you know? I had to I had to have seen Secret of Nim first. Do you think that, that seeing that trained you to like something a little, like, or be more open to something as weird as Nausicaa? God, I have no idea. I think it was really just being propped in front of the TV. And it was before, I think, that I got old enough for my brain to, like, really overthink. And that was because there was, like, 
I think when I started becoming scared of everything when I was more like six or something like that. Okay. Because before you can't really order the images well enough. Something might be scary and you might go, oh, but it's not like a deep existential terror that yeah. like can haunt you at night or anything. And so it was like it got in, it got in there before my anxiety basically yeah. <laughs> joined me as a human being. And I started like freaking out at stuff. So I'd never had a problem. But then again... Nausicaa, I only watched when I was a little, little, little kid on that Betamax tape, and then I didn't know what it was, because hmm. that wasn't the title. It's funny that you talk about, like, when you're little, like, there has to be, like, a, a shocking scene in order to scare you a little bit, because, like, I remember, like, my... The Ghostbusters? <laughs> God. Well, like, I, I remember left the room. watching <laughs> scary. scary movies with my father when I was really young, and him... Like, I remember watching Jaws with my dad when I was, like, five. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, explaining to me how, like, the shark was a robot and, like, how Steven Spielberg wanted the shark to show up more than it actually does and, like, how it's more effective, like, when you don't see the shark. And I remember, you know, watching uh, the first Alien movie with my oh. dad when I was, you know, my dad died when I was 10, so I had to be younger than that. Wow. And, like, a bunch of these, like, scary movies and not being, like, really scared by them. But then, like, the movie that, like, gave me nightmares was Gremlins 2. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, arguably the less scary Gremlins yeah. movie. Um, objectively. Yeah. <laughs> but that Electro Gremlin was scary. Okay. The one that okay. scared me was, like, the googly-eyed one. The uh, googly-eyed one? Because he's crazy. Oh, the dentist Yeah, stuff? the dentist one. Oh, that okay. is pretty fucked up. Like, for some reason, that really scared me as a kid. And so, like, I'm watching this movie just, like, on TV when I'm, like, six or whenever that movie, like, was starting to, like, make its round on TV. And, like, yeah, the googly-eyed gremlin. And, like, the way that they would just, like, pop up onto screen. Like, it just made me feel like they could pop up on the side of my bed or something like that. Yeah, we're funny and scary at the same time. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, watching yeah Jaws or like, I mean, Alien is an actual scary movie. That's one of those, that's that movie still scares me. And like that, like I was like fine with as a kid. That's fascinating. But yeah, Gremlins like scared the hell out of me. Like I had nightmares and couldn't sleep that night. Is, Gremlins two. Is there like a, a, a an animated movie factor going on here? Because like Ghostbusters scared the shit out of me, but like Nausicaa, which has scary things in it. It's was cartoon. just like weird and like Secret of Nim, which has scary things in it. I'm just like, whatever, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Might, I don't know. That might be a factor. I'm trying to think if there were any like cartoons that scared me as much. I mean, besides, there... like I said, Wizards and that Unico movie, like, I don't really have many like animated things that scarred me. Yeah. Well, I think it's because like <laughs> the market for, for cartoons for adults hadn't opened up yet. Like, this is a pre Simpsons era. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Cartoons for adults are like Fritz the Cat, Heavy Metal, Heavy yeah. Metal They're for adults, Wizards. adults, but, like, yeah, straight up, different, yeah. different, like Rock like, and Roll. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I hate that movie. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think just like the the market, like yeah, there was like adult cartoons, but like there wasn't like grown up cartoons quite yet. So I don't I don't know if they really made like scary animated features for a while. Well, this doesn't really count, but it is technically a scary cartoon. Have you guys ever seen the Twilight Zone, the movie? Yes. yes. The one where the kid... Uh, the Joe Dante segment? The... It, I believe it is the Joe Dante segment, and yeah. the kid 
Like the whole thing is about how the kid can do whatever he wants, and he's like a like god. Manifesting and he's scary. Anything, like manifesting like a live action so. cartoon. But yeah. it, yes, at a certain point, he does stick his like sister into a evil cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw that. This was during a time. This was during the time when I was not allowed to watch anything, and so, but sometimes I would stumble into the room when there was no parent parental supervision. Oh no! And uh, this movie was happening, and I was like stared at it, and I stared at it, and it, there was totally scary stuff happening. I'm sure that I couldn't piece together, but then the kid I, stuffed stuck his sister into this evil cartoon world, and I went, <laughs> <laughs> and I think my my brother got yelled at for like letting me see a thing. I was gonna say, was it a sibling that was watching, and you just stumbled in on it? Oh yeah, yeah. it was. It was that that happened a number of times with my brother and my parents. This is not even fair. Like where my parents would have to be like, "Hey, you have to make sure you're." Brother doesn't see things. Like, that's um, that's a bit much. Yeah, that's a heavy he, responsibility. You let him, he was there, and you he saw it. You got to put that Betamax of Mr. Wizard it on repeat, <laughs> which is a weird a weird association. But like that, one of those things was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, uh, oh the yeah. spiders, of course. And it was it's like Marion, don't look at it. <laughs> That yeah, that last thing. scene like in Raiders. Was, that was what my brother's job was apparently supposed to be. Oh no, Travis, don't look at it. Close your eyes. <laughs> You're gonna you wake up your parents at night with your nightmares and shit. Oh, I mean, just while we're on the topic of this, you know what? What's another movie that really fucked me up as a kid is The Adventures of Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh god, did we see that? Yes, no. that was at a friend's house, oh, and they didn't know my skeletons. deal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> SPG. It's Sherlock Holmes. Uh, what kid is gonna be scared by Sherlock Holmes? Oh, maybe when there's like twisted uh, nightmare visions that I am not aware. I don't know that they're visions. Yeah, I did. I watched that again when I was like in my teens. And oh. it was still kind of like had residual. Oh, really? <laughs> still residual. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, no, this is fun, guys. This is fun, guys. Ah. <laughs> uh. My dad had a lot of problems with those, like like Jaws. This is how dumb I am as a person because I I also walked in on that movie when, at a friend's house again, where the friends didn't know what the deal, what my deal was. <laughs> don't show him anything. He's afraid of all of it. <laughs> Certainly, don't show him Jaws, the movie about a killer shark that everyone is afraid of. <laughs> but I watched it and like it didn't scare me at all. And like really, I should be afraid of sharks. <laughs> You're supposed to be afraid of sharks. Why didn't that movie affect There's nothing. You? I have no idea. Huh. I think you know how they always say like Spielberg had to like shoot around the shark and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. there was just too much, and I wasn't sophisticated enough to like uh, intuit suspense or anything like that. So I was just like, not there's nothing happening. There was a shark for a little bit. Well, I mean, I watched like Who Framed Roger Rabbit on repeat, but it's like the scene where like Judge Doom is like transforming yep. and like. His eyes come out as like blades. Like I would have to like get behind my parents' like chair during that. And that high pitched voice. And yeah, I'd, I'd I'm have gonna to, get chatty. <laughs> like one, I'd have to wait for like the spring sound, like Oof. when he start. And like I'm like, okay, I can watch it again. But it's like the part where he's transforming, or even after he's like flattened. The flattening part, like really that. Oh no, that yeah. terrified me. And yeah, uh, this is so stupid. Uh, That terrified me, of course. We all got warped by that. But like, there's a scene at the end of The Naked Gun where uh, (laughs) Khan, Ricardo Maltoban, like, is pushed off a roof, and it's funny. Because everything keeps, like, things keep, like, running over him and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then at one point, oh, the marching a, band and stuff. The yeah. marching band, and yeah. at one point, a, a steamroller rolls over him, and that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been, 
a little older at that point too, but it was just like I guess steamrollers rolling over <laughs> me was scarier to me than sharks. I don't want to completely take a left turn here, but did we give uh, justice to Jeremy yet? Well, do you like me? Of course I like you. I know. The crow? Dom DeLuise? How, you know? how great is it that he finds love? And I love that, that lady that, that he meets at the end, too. She's another, him. like, goofball crow. And the string is making a smiley face. I mean, like, and they're just laughing at each other. Ends, so, like, why, why do people have problems with this movie? I will, I will tell you. <laughs> So I'm like this. The pandemic fucking broke me. I don't know if this would have happened like uh, a year ago or, or whatever. But like that end scene where they are the two crows are both holding a string and going back and forth. I was fucking crying. I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> this was last night. I definitely had emotional swells. It was like, aw. It's like that's a beautiful image. Those two stupid fucking crows <laughs> and that shitty both Paul Williams song. <laughs> It's <laughs> the realest shit, man. It's true. That's life when you think about it. But yeah, like, I no, I do. Like I, I suspect that it's possible to like not like Dom DeLuise in this or something. But like he, I fucking love it. I do. Too. I think it's really funny when he is in because like him and Mrs. Brisby reacting to terror in completely different sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. But like when the cat's coming after him and he's just like laughing in terror. <laughs> it's weird. Hey, there's a cat out there. No. <laughs> yes. Stand perfectly still. Everything's fine. He's headed right for us. Don't panic. Fast or slow. Medium. Make that fast. Very fast. I have to go now. Excuse me. I. And he is in mortal terror. It's so weird. Yeah. I like it. I think it's great. I, I think it's really it's I don't fascinating. Know if, I think, you know, as somebody who laughs in uncomfortable situations, yeah. I might I might laugh if I was like, oh, I'm going to die. The predator's coming after you. <laughs> I was going to say, a shark is coming after <laughs> Goodbye, you. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> He's got. What? He's killing me. me. <laughs> See you later, folks. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, that might be me. That might be me. That's awesome. That's, that's, like, a, that's, that's a, a hell of a way to go. I don't know. If you, yeah, I would be. love to go <laughs> laughing while being eaten by a shark. That is <laughs> yeah, fucking. Yeah, goes my leg. <laughs> what a fucking story for the survivors. <laughs> he went with a smile. <laughs> he was wheeze laughing like it. Dom DeLuise. <laughs> Like famous chef Dom DeLuise <laughs> as he went down that shark's gullet. <laughs> yeah, I like I love Dom DeLuise in this. I like Dom I like DeLuise the- in general. He's in all these Don Bluth movies. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was because of this movie. He's like, oh, we got to get that guy Was back. he in Land Before Time? No. I think been. he might have been. I mean, he was in American, American Tale. American Tale. In, uh, all Dogs Go to Heaven. American Tale 2, Fievel Goes West. Yeah, yeah. with uh, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Oh, is that Tom DeLuise over In his last oh. film role. Was That's All right. dogs go to heaven, you say. No, uh, 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 Fievel Goes West. Fievel goes oh, Fievel's going west. <laughs> Y'all gonna learn one day that Fievel does go west, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
Yeah. Uh, fucking uh, mouse is going west. Fable, have you ever tried going east? <laughs> east is where I'm from. <laughs> you know, I went to Washington once. And then I voted for Reagan. It's true. <laughs> I was a Republican. Fucking dirty conservative. Part of the problem. That's getting more like Don Knotts, but that, that always happens. My uh, my Jimmy Stewart always turns into Don Knotts by the end of it. Your Jimmy Stewart's very uh, uh, man who shot Liberty Valance era. Like, oh man, when he was really doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man Philadelphia shot- story. With Robert Carradine in it, Philadelphia, Philadelphia hey. story. He's re- you're like tone down the Jimmy Stewart shit, man. Come on, you're being a little too Jimmy. Everybody's Stewart, being Jimmy like Stewart. too much themselves in that movie. Like Cary Grant, I'm very Cary Grant, <laughs> and Catherine Hepburn is like, I'm also <laughs> talking like this. I guess we talk the same. <laughs> Why do you sound like me? Why Carrie? are you talking like me, Cary Grant? <laughs> Uh, they are like the the premier mid Atlantic accent actors. <laughs> Talk like maybe that's why Jimmy Stewart uh, was over Jimmy Stewarting it because he's trying to like got to counteract these weirdos. <laughs> Whatever accent Jimmy like, Stewart I'm was definitely doing. not Catherine. I don't know why here. I talk like this, but I do. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. What a weird affectation I have. These people were fucking weird in the thirties. <laughs> Who could say? Was Jimmy Stewart a, a Reaganite? Did yes. He? Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I guess a lot of people were, but... He went to Washington and is like, you know what? You know Oligarchy what? works. <laughs> Government is the problem. Poor people are dirt. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. But it makes sense, because I'm not poor. Welfare so. queens. <laughs> I'm, yeah. America's, I'm, a, I'm America's Tom Hanks. The original Tom Hanks. Oh, give me money and I'll trickle her down. You can have some of my tricklings. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll piss on you if you're on fire, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking proletariat. Not enough uh, Jimmy Stewart being ultra-conservative rants. Have you heard QAnon yet? (laughs) You make some really interesting points. There's a conspiracy, you see, <laughs> of Hillary Clinton and George Soros. <laughs> Think I'm going to go down and filibuster that pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I think we all expected the Secret of Nim uh, episode <laughs> to devolve into a Jimmy Stewart QAnon thing. I mean... It was inevitable. It was in the outline, so... <laughs> we have we to did. do... Jimmy Stewart QAnon, guys. Bullet points. <laughs> do any other um, things we want to talk about with the secret of him? I just want to say I liked when she called the uh, Jeremy a turkey. Oh, the poor turkey fell down. I'm, I'm not a turkey. I just want to point out that all of my favorite uh, children's literature from this time was rodent-based. Oh. There's Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, an absolute classic. Uh, Watership Down. Oh my God. Red Wall. I read all the Redwall, but well, not all of them. At a certain point, I grew up. Redwall? Yeah. Oh boy, how much time do you have? <laughs> they were they were like basically J.R.R. Tolkien, if if it was for little kids, and then they were all rats and like uh, mice and stuff. No, it's that mice. Awesome. Rats are bad guys in this one. In uh, in secret of, in like the Nim stuff, they work together, but in uh, in Redwall, the mice and rats are mortal enemies. Cool. Might yeah. check that out. And there's like a thousand of those. Okay. Uh, this dude. Um, 
Robert C. O'Brien also wrote a couple other books. One of them, no- notably, is called The Plague Dogs. Oh, my God. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. No. That is a brutal movie. I read that when I was a kid. Yikes. Wow. Like, it's pushing it. The yeah. movie starts out with like dogs like drowning... Like this guy must have had a problem with scientific research no. on animals. It's like, a huge. It's a huge part of his. Uh, like, like two, I think he only wrote like three or four books, and two of them were about experiments on animals. Did and he? The, he didn't write Watership Down, did he? No, no, that's okay. a, that's a different guy. Okay, um, but it's but it's very. I think that's There's also no experimenting English. Experimenting on animals there, though. But yeah, what is it with British people and like animals going through shit? Because well, I I, mm-hmm. I didn't Watership Down's one that like I didn't see as a kid, and then I watched that and Plague Dogs like in the same day. Jesus, really? Yeah. <laughs> Plague Dogs, I think, is probably the more depressing of the two, just because it's like. Oh it, wait, Plague Dogs is the Watership Down guy. It is. So, oh, yeah. okay. This guy wrote, uh, Robert C. O'Brien wrote another book that it had a kid's f- family dying at the very beginning. So Jesus. I, uh, <laughs> they, oh they get blown up in a house. I think they turn out to be alive at the end of it, but still, it was pretty traumatizing. I can't remember what that's called. I actually really like Watership Down, the movie. Like, I watched this as an Super adult. Super bloody. It's dark, but like, yeah. I don't know. I liked the message, and I don't know. I thought it was good. But yeah, absolutely Plague beautiful from book. The people who made Watership Down. So you read all of these. What What is it about this period of time in British children's literature i don't know yeah the red red wall brian Jacques is the author of those he's english as well it's weird uh, thatcher just brought it out of, going out of through in the late 70s i don't know thatcherism <laughs> like yeah. i guess so yeah some sort of na- uh, pastoral nature thing something like that but i had rats oh yeah. rats I had, when i was a kid pets. i had rats as they're pets. so cute what were their names raxo because there was a book called Raxo and the Rats of Nim. That was the first rat that I owned. Oh. And it was it was the sequel to Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, written by the guy's daughter. Uh, not as good a book, but I like I liked it more because I was dumb. Who's who's Raxo? Wow. He's Jenner's Nimverse. kid. Oh shit. And Jenner's the bad guy. We didn't even talk about Jenner, by yeah. the way. Jenner's the evil bad the evil bad guy. Caitlyn Jenner, right. Hmm? It's Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> Jenner and the, he he he's only he's only discussed in the book. He's only like talked about. He is not actually a character that does anything oh. in the book. But in the movie, it's fun to point out this is a kids movie, and he does get a, a dagger thrown in his back. Oh my god! By a rat that is voiced by famous movie actor Aldo Ray, <laughs> nameless other rat. It, no, it's that rat that he keeps on trying to go like join me in my evil ploy. And the guy's like, "Why? Well, I really don't want to." And he's like, "You got to." And he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna." And then he goes like, "You do it." And he's like, "No." And then he stabs the guy. Yeah. And then while the guy is dying, and it is when I say the guy, it is a rat in a kids movie. Uh he before he shuffles off this mortal coil, throws a dagger into Jenner's back. And there's this extreme close-up of Jenner as he has his death rattle. <laughs> Christ. I love, that was that was another thing like the last time I watched this just being like when Jenner's introduced mm, three fourths into the movie yeah it's suddenly like wow you are a hundred percent a villain like it's just like oh, there's yeah. no question but it's like that's an adult criticism like this, yeah it's that kid, kids movie stuff and like. He doesn't need to be a thread that started. We don't need like table setting earlier for me to be like, oh, and now it's going to pay off. Like, you know, I'm a kid and it's like your attention span is 10 minutes. Yeah. Mrs. Brisby gets down there. Oh, like there's a bad guy. Like, yeah, he he can be in the movie for 20 minutes, which he is. 
and that's fine. Yeah, we've got to cover a lot of ground here, so we don't have like time for the Jenner to be like nuanced. So the minute that you meet him, he's like, "Who is this?" Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems nice. He may as well be standing before the parliament, being like, "And that's why murder should be legal." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also, Justin is a major Justin. character in the book, and he's in, he pops into this, and he's a dashing rat. Frankly, only Nicodemus and Justin are like nice rats to, to Mrs. Fris- Brisby. And yeah, uh, and Brutus I really almost kills her. I very much enjoy watching this, and I did pick up on this when I was a little kid that Mrs. Mrs. Brisby is in fact horny for Justin. Wide on, the yeah. moment, huge wide on. <laughs> the moment he introduces himself, he's like, "Hello," and he like bows to her. She's like, "Whoa, oh, 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 oh. how beautiful." Uh, the lights, they're quite lovely. Yes, they are. Hey, it's her husband who's dead, not her. <laughs> <laughs> the life is for the living. She's in for some interspecies stuff then, huh? He's pretty Mouse, big. rat, you know, it's fine. Uh, okay, I think so they can do it. They the... might not be able to breed, but they can definitely fuck. In the like uh, pantheon of like hot dude animated animals so the fox from robin hood yeah look i don't like that movie but obviously that's that i mean he's he's handsome come on uh uh tramp from lady and the tramp yeah Yeah. um uh and is that it and then simba the the snake with the shirt on (laughs) the snake with the the shirt by the way a cape is basically a shirt with no arms right so that's what he's wearing that's of course what a snake would be wearing so who's who's the hottest and justin I like that lion, that the, the cowardly lion king that's voiced by Peter Ustinov. I find that sexy as hell. <laughs> Ooh, no! Whoa. Wait, Peter Ustinov from, like, uh... uh <laughs> that was a spot-on impression. The, Peter Ustinov, I, I'm famous for my Peter Ustinov impression. Theater? <laughs> like, Peter Ustinov, uh, his most famous role was playing Nero in one of those biblical epics, and this was entirely that. Didn't, they were just like, do this again, it's going to be the exact same character. I thought he also did like the intro to Masterpiece Theater in the oh, 80s Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. He was one of those guys. Yeah, I'm Peter Ustinov. You know me from all <laughs> the that <lion>. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff, sure. Oh, mama. Oh, no. <laughs> but that was like, he did this Nero character in uh, Quo Vadis or something like that. Oh. Uh, that was exactly the same thing, and they just did it again in that. But he's fuckable. He's super <laughs> fuckable. <laughs> I was expecting in this movie, like, when Justin came out, I was like, oh, I remember there's a hot rat. And then when Justin came out, I was like, you know, maybe my taste has just changed. But I, I just matured. I, was, I, I wasn't adjusting that much. I mean, like, there's nah. a, he has a, a, a thing. He has, he has like, a, an elan, a bravado. But um, wasn't I don't know. Didn't, what about the didn't great owl. Me. What do you think about that great <laughs> I mean, owl? D T F with the great owl. Like, yeah, I am. He that daddy beak. <laughs> Cobwebs are a turn on. <laughs> Move your I've ass your to the lee of the stone. I know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> your body is of some renown in this forest. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say you are down to fuck? <laughs> yes, Mr. L. Mmm. I'm gonna get some little bones involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta kill a spider to oh, get ready. You know what? You know what? I think I saw this on the Playboy channel. It was Mrs. Brisby shows up at the Great Owl, and and she's like, "He's like, she's like, my husband was 
with Jonathan Brisby. And he's like, oh, he's dead, right? <laughs> he had a huge dick. So you're available then, right? <laughs> oh, there's guy. There's, I bet there's great owl fucking Mrs. Fritz. And I won't stand for it. I love that character too much. I won't stand for it. Ordinarily, I'm on board, but I love Mrs. Brisby. If, if, and I yeah. am attracted to her, of course. And was, and, and was when I was four, and she does get naked several times in this movie. Just get naked, she wears a, a cape. Yes, she has a shawl I know, but on. When it's something but when, when she would take it, it off, when, and, and, I, and I still feel this way today, but when she would take it off when I was a little kid, I'd be like, she's naked. <laughs> it's like Donald <laughs> Duck. Like when Donald Duck took off his shirt, you're like, oh, he's naked. But yeah. it's like he's na- he was never wearing he, pants. Wear, and when he'd get out of the shower, he'd put a towel <laughs> around his waist. Yeah, he wore covering that shit up in the first place. Stupid duck! Unbelievable. <laughs> Why didn't you wear it around the top? Why isn't he covering that up? There's one part when Justin, when Justin is like, Br- Mrs. Brisby is going on a mission with Justin. He's like, "You better take off that shawl." <laughs> no, I took a to, note of that. Uh, it'll only slow you. Uh, it'll only uh, like slow you down. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, take it off. Better leave that cape. Could get caught on something. Miss Brisby, you better uh, uh, take take off that. It's gonna get caught on something. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, that's sure. <laughs> Let me smell it. Well, we all saw oh. what happened to Auntie Shrew. Maybe he was just looking out for her best Oh, interest. Auntie Shrew, you better take off that shawl before you uh, go stop that tractor. Uh, you might get caught on something. We never got around to the roller coaster on Auntie Shrew. Like, oh, like, right. I, I feel like. Oh, she seems like a horrible asshole. And you're like, ah, fuck Auntie Shrew. And then she literally saves everybody. Yeah, in a pinch, she's really worthwhile. Yeah, like, she's actually awesome. She but saves she's the a, neighborhood and she stops the plow. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I just think the idea is that she's a shrew and shrews had this like reputation for being ornery for some Taming whatever reason. Taming of, yeah. People like, decide, pe- human beings looked at shrews and were like, they're cranky. Because <laughs> like, they were screeching when you'd hold them. Or, I don't know how this, like, where did this come from? Ah, it doesn't like it when I'm squeezing it. These <laughs> shrews are assholes. It's fucking like weird. It when I manhandle it's like, it. or whatever. Like, how ornery could a shrew oh, possibly be? Up, They're shrew. tiny. This little, this little tiny critter the size of a quarter is a dick. <laughs> fucking weird. The literally smallest mammal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these things are. These <laughs> things are. Just unhappy when I put it in this cage. God. <laughs> these things are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Point is, Secret Him is the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. And everybody needs to watch it. You had a, a fairly humorous review on Letterbox of. Uh, oh, I love your review. <laughs> Was it my two-word review? Yes. Still slaps. Still slaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this movie slaps. I might watch it again this weekend. I don't even fucking know. Why not? I mean, it's less than ninety minutes. You I got do, time for that. I do recommend that everyone uh, uh, follow Travis on on Letterbox. I think I laughed for like two <laughs> minutes straight at your Xanadu review. <laughs> Where you just said, congratulations, you made a mall? Yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> well, everything looks shitty. It could, be, a- it could be great. 
And it's like that's exactly what Xanadu is. <gasps> Full circle. There's a Don Bluth moment there's, there's, in Xanadu. <laughs> but Don Bluth does the animation for Xanadu. That's yeah, right. That's Amazing. Right. And it's pretty good. And it's very horny. It is super. <laughs> and it's super random. Yeah. yeah. It, it has no bearing in that movie. But I could tell. Like I watched it and I was like, is this fucking Don Bluth? And then I looked it up. It's yeah, fucking Don it, Bluth. That, that yeah. was his like. The, like Don Bluth Productions, like premiere. Yeah, they That's were right. like, "Look what we can do." Yeah, eighty. Is that eighty? Yeah, eighty. Yeah. Like Secret Nim might not have been made if not for Xanadu. How about God. that? Maybe we wanted to talk about how Secret Nim is possibly something that they could have covered on Travis's very popular podcast. Oh. oh. The yeah. suspense is killing us. Yes, that 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 podcast. Well, yeah. By the way, yes, suspense in this movie. It's nonstop suspense. <laughs> Come on, wouldn't quite fit into our model. I I, I appreciate you bringing up the the podcast though, because you got to always be promoting ABP. Well, how many Juds would you give this movie? <laughs> uh, oh, well, see, that's it's a little bit more complicated than you might think because we base the Juds system. We rate our movies on uh, several systems, uh, two main criteria: Juds and Douglases. Okay, Juds being like how much they rise to what you expect from a 80s or 90s thriller. So it's not necessarily like a star system. It's kind of like how much of this kind of movie is it? Right. It, it, it doesn't rank the quality necessarily, the quality of- but it it it. The quality of that kind of movie. Right. Like, how much does it fulfill the criteria of this genre of Yeah, movie? so a, a basic instinct is going to get five Jaws. Yeah, right. But Rightfully so. a really good movie like Jaws, eh, no, that's pretty suspicious. That's more of a horror movie. I'm trying to think of, like, a good movie. Like, Citizen two- Kane would get, like, one yeah. one or two Jaws. or something. Because yeah. it's, it's, that's a great 2001 movie. 2001 A Space but, Odyssey I mean, is a zero has, Judd movie. This movie has some sex appeal between uh, uh, Mrs. Brisby and Justin. Yeah, Doug, right. so you we both use Douglas. Douglas's are the sexiness factor. The What's sleaziness. The or, sleaziness yeah. factor. Douglas's, is. And I might give this thing one and a half for Mrs. Brisby <laughs> she gets naked? taking, t- yeah. taking that sweet taking her top off. off. Mm-hmm. And Justin going, like, hey, take it off. I mean, for your safety. <laughs> for your own safety. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. The live action remake, Justin would be played by Michael Douglas. Yeah, the take it off. Late 80s Michael Douglas. <laughs> take it off. Mrs. Brisby naked is in a word. Good. <laughs> Michael Douglas is Justin. Yeah. No. Certainly that's the first time anybody has uh, proposed that. No. I think we are breaking new ground on that one. Ashley Judd is Mrs. Brisby. <laughs> well, maybe. Well. That's less insane. Yeah. I would have to say. We do have a Patreon account that we do like the movies that we want to talk about that aren't specifically fitting into our wheelhouse of 80s or 90s thrillers, that sort of bullshit. But uh, I, I wanted to do it with you guys. Let's, uh, you know what? Aww, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I almost, uh, if you want to talk about it again, Travis, I think we should try and get some of our listeners to uh, go on The Suspense is Killing Us Twitter and say, hey, why don't you guys talk about the secret of Nim with Travis? Like, what's uh, what's going on with that? Why aren't you guys talking about that? Well, I, I did run into Kevin the other day, and he was talking about doing Nixon as the. Uh, uh, oh, you mean second place, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> Always oh. second place. Oh, third actually behind uh, Travis, Bettina, and in a three-way tie. That's right. Pulling up third, pathetic. Wow, Kevin was in the lead for so long, too. Yeah, so long. He didn't keep his eye on the prize. I know. I, t- I told him, I was like, Travis got uh, proactive about it. <laughs> he was he was contacting me. Mm. So Kevin, like, 
yeah. this message goes out to you. <laughs> Are I you like, just going to let Travis take your bowl lead over like you? That? Yeah. Mm. Also, Bettina. Your yeah, crown. guys. <laughs> Come for me. Guys. I'm shameless. I'll ask to be put on. <laughs> I mean, cool, cool, cool. All right. I guess we should wrap it up then. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel like we're, we've... Uh, I hate to see it end. Well, you know, end this, of our this thing only had five hours of uh, recording time left. <laughs> it's yeah, been we're, wild. Oh, we're really reaching up. The, the produ- Oh, our, I see our producer is doing the, 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 the wrap, wrap it up. up oh, uh, man. I know, yeah. He's God such a slave it. driver over there. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's uh, not show friends, it's show business. Exactly. <laughs> this I is know. a job that we're doing. Ugh. Anyway, Travis, thank you. Thank you. For coming on, and thank you for asking to do this movie. Twist our arm anytime on <laughs> that one. Like, Oh, I might. I, I, I'm really glad that we also kind of like, we, we talked a bunch before starting this, but none of us, dis- I mean, you all obviously knew that I loved this movie, but I didn't actually find out that you guys, and it seemed like it might be possible that you guys oh. could go either way like before we, were we started, up, too. Like, so I was kind of going hey, like, buddy. oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> we we got to open that bottle of wine on pod. We, yeah. we can't we can't let it aerate too soon. But I'm delighted that you guys like it. Oh, yeah. And thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plug our junk, get the fuck out of here. Okay. Should we let our guests go first? Yeah. What's your junk that you got to plug? Oh, just the, just what we were talking about. The suspense is killing us. I don't have any any other thing. I've had that going through the pandemic, thank God. We got a podcast started up just in time for everything to be shut down. I have other comedy shows that I was doing, uh, and hopefully they'll start up again fairly soon. But they haven't now, so I don't want to... Just the suspense is killing us. Check that out. Great. Please do. It's and good. It's a good show. It's and, good. And follow him on Letterboxd and Twitter. Like, oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter, uh, Letterboxd, Instagram, all that stuff. I put up fun stuff. It's, it's fun. I think you're pretty much just Travis voted all those, right? Yeah. 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 For us, the Patreon stuff, patreon.com slash movies. That's for the quick and dirty stuff, the more modern movies, our Oscar special. All that stuff is there. Email x.rated.movies at gmail.com. The website is xratedmovies.com. Twitter is at xratedmovies. Facebook is at ratedxmovies. And leave us love wherever you get this podcast. Nailed it. All right. (laughs) It's always a dizzying affair. (laughs) Uh, And yeah. Until next week when we. Oh. Oh, what are we doing next week? Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, my God. You know what I want to watch? We haven't done a musical in a minute, oh. so I want to do a musical. A good musical or a bad musical? Well, jury's out. I want to do The Wiz, bitch! Oh, thank God. I've wanted to watch this for eons now. Yeah, we're doing The Wiz. Okay. Mike Nichols, right? No, Sydney Lumet. Sydney Lumet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. With a script doctored by a one Joel Schumacher. Wait, I thought he was like the, the, the hair designer on that movie. Nope. Oh, Okay. He gets screenwriting credit for it. Great. That that's a, a mark of quality indeed, there. Indeed, indeed. All right. All so, right, next week the Wiz. Until then. Keep reading the rainbow. rainbow. Goodbye. <laughs>